Chapters seventeen and eighteen of Lena Rivers by Mary Jane Holmes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Seventeen, Frankfurt. Thursday morning came bright, sunshiny, and beautiful, and at about ten o'clock, Lena, dressed and ready for her ride, came down to the parlor, where she found John Jr. listlessly leaning upon the table with his elbows and drumming with his fingers. Come, cousin, said she, why are you not ready? Ready for what? he asked, without raising his head. Why, ready for our visit, replied Lena, at the same time advancing nearer to see what ailed him all the visit i make to-day won't hurt me i reckon said he pushing his hat a little more to one side and looking up at lena who in some surprise asked what he meant i mean what i say was his ungracious answer i have no intention whatever of going to frankfort not going repeated lena why not what will carrie do stick herself in with you and durward i suppose said john jr just as carrie entered the room together with mr belmont malcolm and anna not going of course then i must stay at home too said carrie secretly pleased at her brother's decision why of course asked durward who in the emergency felt constrained to offer his services to carrie though he would greatly have preferred lena's company alone the road is wide enough for three and i am fully competent to take charge of two ladies but why don't you go turning to john jr because i don't wish to if it was anywhere in creation but there i'd go answered the young man hastily leaving the room to avoid all further argument he does it just to be hateful and annoy me said carrie trying to pout but making a failure for she had in reality much rather go under durward's escort than her brother's the horses were now announced as ready and in a few moments the little party were on their way carrie affecting so much fear of her pony that durward at last politely offered to lead him a while this would of course bring him closer to her side and after a little well-feigned hesitation she replied i am sorry to trouble you but if you would be so kind lena saw through the ruse and patting vesta gently rode on in advance greatly to the satisfaction of carrie and greatly to the chagrin of durward who replied to his loquacious companion only in monosyllables once indeed when she said something concerning lena's evident desire to show off her horsemanship he answered rather coolly that he'd yet to discover in miss rivers the least propensity for display of any kind you've never lived with her returned carrie and here the conversation concerning lena ceased meantime nelly douglas was engaged in answering a letter that morning received from mary wilbur a few years before mary had spent some months in mr douglas's family conceiving a strong affection for nelly whom she always called her sister and with whom she kept up a regular correspondence mary was an orphan living with her only brother robert who was a bachelor of thirty or thirty-five once she had ventured to hope that nelly would indeed be to her a sister but fate had decreed it otherwise and her brother was engaged to a lady whom he found a schoolgirl in montreal and who was now at her own home in england this was well known to nelly but she did not deem it a matter of sufficient importance to discuss so it was a secret in frankfort where mr wilbur's polite attentions to herself was a subject of considerable remark for a long time mary had been out of health and the family physician at last said that nothing could save her except a sea voyage and as her brother was about going to europe to consummate his marriage it was decided that she should accompany him this she was willing to do provided nelly douglas would go too it would be so much pleasanter she said 
having some female companion besides her attendant and then too nelly had relatives in england so she urged her to accompany them offering to defray all expenses for the pleasure of her society since nelly's earliest recollection her fondest dreams had been of england her mother's birthplace and now when so favourable an opportunity for visiting it was presented she felt strongly tempted to say yes still she would give mary no encouragement until she had seen her father and john jr the latter of whom would influence her decision quite as much as the former but john jr no longer loved her she was sure of that and with her father's consent she had half determined to go still she was undecided until a letter came from mary urging her to make up her mind without delay as they were to set sail the fifteenth of january brother is so sensitive concerning his love affairs wrote mary that whether you conclude to join us or not you will please say nothing about his intended marriage nelly had seated herself to answer this letter when a servant came up saying that master belmont all the livingstones and a heap more were downstairs and had sent for her she was just writing i will go when this announcement came and quickly suspending her pen she thought he's come at last it may all be a mistake i'll wait with a beating heart she descended to the parlour where she politely greeted mr everett and durward and then anxiously glancing around for the missing one mabel who felt a similar disappointment ventured to inquire for him in a low tone whereupon carrie replied loudly enough for nelly to hear oh pray don't speak of that bear why you don't know how cross he's been ever since let me see ever since you came away he doesn't say a civil word to anybody and i really wish you'd come back before he kills us all did you invite him to come said nelly to be sure we did and he said anywhere in creation but there nelly needed no further confirmation and after conversing a while with her guests she begged to leave to be excused for a few moments while she finished a letter of importance which must go out in the next mail alone in her room she wavered but the remembrance of the words anywhere in creation but there decided her and with a firm hand she wrote to mary that she would go when the letter was finished and sent to the office nelly returned to her visitors who began to rally her concerning the important letter which must be answered now cuz said durward pulling her down upon the sofa by his side now cuz said durward pulling her down upon the sofa by his side now cuz i claim a right to know something about this letter was it one of acceptance or rejection acceptance of course answered nelly who knowing no good reason why her intended tour should be kept a secret proceeded to speak of it telling how they were to visit scotland france switzerland and italy and almost forgetting in her enthusiasm how wretched the thought of the journey made her and miss wilbur's brother is to be your escort he is unmarried i believe said durward looking steadily upon the carpet in a moment nelly would have told of his engagement and the object of his going but she remembered mary's request in time and the blush which the almost committed mistake called to her cheek was construed by all into a confession that there was something between her and mr wilbur that accounts for john's sudden churlishness thought lena wondering how nelly could have deceived him so oh i see it all exclaimed mabel i understand now what has made nelly so absent-minded and restless these many days she was making up her mind to become mrs wilbur while i fancied she was offended with me i don't know what you mean answered nelly without smiling in the least mary wilbur wishes me to accompany her to europe and i intend doing so her brother is nothing to me nor ever will be 
quite a probable story thought mr everett without forming his reflections into words toward the middle of the afternoon a violent ringing of the door-bell and a heavy tramp in the hall announced some new arrival and nelly was about opening the parlour door when who should appear but john jr from his room he had watched the departure of the party one moment wishing he was with them and the next declaring he'd never go to frankfort again so long as he lived at length inclination getting the ascendancy of his reason he mounted firelock and rushing furiously down the pike never once slackened his speed until the city was in sight i dare say she'll think me a fool thought he tagging her round but she needn't worry i only want to show her how little her pranks affect me with these thoughts he could not fail to meet nelly otherwise than coldly while she received him with equal indifference calling him mr livingstone and asking if he were cold with other questions such as any polite hostess would ask of her guest but her accustomed smile and usual frankness of manner were gone and while john jr felt it keenly he strove under a mask of indifference to conceal his chagrin mabel seemed delighted to see him and for want of something better to do he devoted himself to her calling her meb and teasing her about her indian locks as he called her straight black hair could he have seen the bitter tears which nelly constantly forced back as she moved carelessly among her guests far different would have been his conduct but he only felt that she had been untrue to him and in his anger he was hardly conscious of what he was doing so when mabel said to him nelly is going to europe with mr wilbur and mary he replied glad of it hope she'll be drowned he thought have a good time he said and nelly who heard all never guessed how heavily the blow had fallen or that the hand so suddenly placed against his heart was laid there to still the wild throbbing which he feared she might hear when next he spoke his voice was very calm as he asked when she was going and how long she intended to be gone what so soon said he when told that she sailed the fifteenth of january and other than that not a word did he say to nelly concerning her intended visit until just before they left for home then for a moment he stood alone with her in the recess of a window there was a film upon his eyes as he looked upon her and thought it might be for the last time there was anguish too in his heart but it did not mingle in the tones of his voice which was natural and perhaps indifferent as he said why do you go to europe nelly quickly and with something of her olden look she glanced up into his face but his eyes which would not meet hers lest they should betray themselves were resting upon mabel who on a stool across the room was petting and caressing a kitten twas enough and carelessly nelly answered because i want to what do you suppose without seeming to hear her answer the young man walked away to where mabel sat and commenced teasing her and her kitten while nelly maddened with herself with him with everybody precipitately left the room and going to her chamber hastily and without a thought as to what she was doing gathered together every little token which john jr had given her together with his notes and letters written in his own peculiar and scarcely legible hand tying them in a bundle she wrote with unflinching nerve do thou likewise and then descending to the hall laid it upon the hat-stand managing as he was leaving to place it unobserved in his hand instinctively he knew what it was glanced at the three words written thereon and in a cold sneering voice replied i will with pleasure and thus they parted eighteen the departure john how would you like to take a trip to new york the city i mean said mr livingstone to his son one morning about two weeks following the events narrated in the last chapter well enough why do you ask answered john because said his father 
i have to-day received a letter which makes it necessary for one of us to be there the fifteenth and as you are fond of travelling i had rather you would go you had better start immediately say to-morrow john jr started from his chair to-morrow she left her home the fifteenth she sailed he might see her again though at a distance for she should never know he followed her since that night in frankfort he had not looked upon her face but he had kept his promise returning to her everything everything except a withered rosebud which years before when but a boy he had twined among the heavy braids of her hair and which she had given back to him playfully fastening it to the buttonhole of his roundabout how well he remembered that day she was a little romping girl teasing him unmercifully about his flat feet and big hands chiding him for his negro slang as she termed his favourite expressions and with whatever else she did weaving her image in his heart's best and noblest affections until he seemed to live only for her but now twas changed terribly changed she was no longer his nelly the nelly of his boyhood's love and with a muttered curse and a tear large round and hot such as only john jr could shed he sent her back every memento of the past all save that rosebud with which he could not part it seemed so like his early hopes withered and dead nelly was alone preparing for her journey when the box containing the treasures was handed her again and again she examined to see if there was not one farewell word but there was nothing save here endeth the first lesson followed by two exclamation points which john jr had dashed off at random every article seemed familiar to her as she looked them over and everything was there but one she missed the rosebud and she wondered at the omission for she knew he had it in his possession he had told her so not three months before why then did he not return it was it a lingering affection for her which prompted the detention perhaps so and down in nelly's heart was one warm bright spot the memory of that bud which grew green and fresh again as on the day when first it was torn from its parent stem when it was first known at maple grove that nelly was going to europe mrs livingstone who saw in the future the full consummation of her plans proposed that mabel should spend the period of nelly's absence with her but to this mr douglas would not consent he could not part with both his daughters he said and mabel decided to remain stipulating that lena of whom she was very fond should pass a portion of the time with her all the time if she chooses said mr douglas who also liked lena while nelly who was present immediately proposed that she should take music lessons of m dupont who had recently come to the city and who was said to be a superior teacher she is fond of music said she and has always wanted to learn but that aunt of hers never seemed willing and this will be a good opportunity for she can use my piano all the time if she chooses capital exclaimed mabel generously thinking how she would pay the bills and how much she would assist lena for mabel was an excellent musician singing and playing admirably when this plan was proposed to lena she objected for two reasons the first that she could not leave her grandmother and second that much as she desired the lessons she would not suffer mabel to pay for them and she had no means of her own on the first point she began to waver when mrs nichols who was in unusually good health insisted upon her going it will do you a sight of good said she and there's no kind of use why you should stay hived up with me i'd as like to be let alone as not and i shall take comfort thinkin you're larnin to play the pianner for i've allus wondered till he didn't set you at carline's so go 
the old lady continued whispering in lena's ear go and mebby some day you'll be a music teacher and take care of us both still lena hesitated at receiving so much from mabel who after a moment's thought exclaimed why i can teach you myself i should love to dearly it will be something to occupy my mind and my instructors have frequently said that i was capable of teaching advanced pupils if i chose you'll go now i know and mabel pled her cause so well that lena finally consented saying she should come home once a week to see her grandmother a grand arrangement i must confess said carrie when she heard of it i should think she's sponged enough from her connections without living on other folks and poor ones too like mr douglas how ridiculous you talk said john jr who was present you'd be perfectly willing to spend a year at mr graham's or mr douglas's either if he had a son whom you considered an eligible match then as to his being so poor that's one of mother atkins's yarns and she knows everybody's history from noah down to the present day for lena's sake i am glad to have her go though heaven knows what i shall do without her mrs livingstone too was secretly pleased for she would thus be more out of durward's way and the good lady was again becoming somewhat suspicious so when her husband objected saying lena could take lessons at home if she liked she quietly overruled him giving many good reasons why lena should go and finally saying that if mrs nichols was very lonely without her she might spend her evenings in the parlor when there was no company present so it was decided that lena should go and highly pleased with the result of their call mr douglas and mabel returned to frankfort at length the morning came when nelly was to start on her journey mr wilbur had arrived the night before together with his sister whose marble cheek and lustreless eye even then foretold the lonely grave which awaited her far away neath a foreign sky durward and mr douglas accompanied them as far as cincinnati where they took the cars for buffalo just before it rolled from the depot a young man closely muffled who had been watching our party sprang into a car just in the rear of the one they had chosen and taking the first vacant seat abandoned himself to his own thoughts which must have been very absorbing as a violent shake was necessary ere he heeded the call of your ticket sir onward onward flew the train while faster and faster nelly's tears were dropping they had gushed forth when she saw the quivering chin and trembling lips of her grey-haired father as he bade his only child good-bye and now that he was gone she wept on never heeding her young friend who strove in vain to call her attention to the fast receding hills of kentucky which she mary was leaving for ever other thoughts than those of her father mingled with nelly's tears for she could not forget john jr nor the hope cherished to the last that he would come to say farewell but he did not they had parted in coldness if not in anger and she might never see him again come cheer up miss douglas i cannot suffer you to be sad said mr wilbur placing himself by nelly and thoughtlessly throwing his arm across the back of the seat while at the same time he bent playfully forward to peep under her bonnet and nelly did look up smiling through her tears but she did not observe the flashing eyes which watched her through the window at the rear of the car always restless and impatient of confinement john jr had come out for a moment upon the platform ostensibly to take the air but really to see if it were possible to get a glimpse of nelly she was sitting not far from the door and he looked in just in time to witness mr wilbur's action which he of course construed just as his jealousy dictated confounded fool thought he 
i wouldn't hug nelly in the cars in good broad daylight even if i was married to her and returning to his seat he wondered which was the silliest for nelly to run off with mr wilbur or for himself to run after her six of one and half a dozen of the other i reckon said he at the same time wrapping himself in his shawl he feigned sleep at every station for the sake of retaining his entire seat and sometimes if the crowd was great going so far as to snore loudly and thus they proceeded onward nelly never suspecting the close espionage kept upon her by john jr who once in the night at a crowded depot passed so closely to her that he felt her warm breath on his cheek and when on the morning of the fifteenth she sailed she little thought who it was that followed her down to the water's edge standing on the last spot where she had stood and watching with a swelling heart the vessel which bore her away i'm nothing better than a walking dead man now said he as he retraced his steps back to his hotel nelly's gone and with her all for which i lived for she's the only girl except lena who isn't a libel on the sex or yes there's anna does as well as she knows how and there's mabel a little simpleton to be sure but amiable and good-natured and on the whole as smart as they'll average twas kind in her anyway to offer to pay lena's music bills and with these reflections john jr sought out the men whom he had come to see transacted his business and then started for home where he found his mother in unusually good spirits matters thus far had succeeded even beyond her most sanguine expectations nelly was gone to europe and the rest she fancied would be easy lena too was gone but the result of this was not what she had hoped durward had been at maple grove but once since lena left while she had heard of his being in frankfort several times something must be done her favourite expression and in her difficulty she determined to call upon mrs graham whom she had not seen since christmas it is quite time she knew about the grey pony as well as other matters thought she and ordering the carriage she set out one morning for woodlawn intending to spend the day if she found its mistress amiably disposed which was not always the case End of chapter seventeen and eighteen